So we hear this from Luke chapter 16. We read, he also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager. And charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm, not, and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do so that when I'm removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is Dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you, you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask that you would, in this moment, that we would hear your gracious invitation, that you would stir up within us the invitation, the joyful invitation, Lord, to generosity to faithfulness with all that you've given us. Lord, to worship you with all that you've given us so that, Lord, our, all our lives, our, our time, our riches, our, our money, our possessions, everything we have, even our very lives, Lord, are offered up to you for your glory and our joy. Lord, would you help us this morning by the power of your spirit? Would you make us a different kind of people because of the grace that we've received, because the glory that you're worthy of? And Lord, for us to experience a joy like we've never seen before. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever had one of those conversations where someone seems to be buttering you up? You know what I'm talking about. They, they say something overly nice, something that seems like something they would never say before, overly gracious to you, and you're just ready for the ask right there at the end. You know, oh, Susie, that dress looks so nice. Is that, is that new eyeshadow? Listen, um, also, we're shorthanded in the baby room today. If you could come and help in the back. That would be wonderful. Or, or hey, Jim, what's, 
What's going on? It's, it's so good to see you. You, lo- you lost weight. You look, you're looking great. But listen, I've been meaning to ask you, can I borrow that table saw you have? Or, hey, Sam, man, man I've, I've just been wanting to catch up. I'm glad we could grab lunch together today. I really just wanted to see how your family's doing. Things going okay. And 10 minutes later, Zija, we got something they're trying to sell you. And you know you're ready for it, you know? I do this, I'm not going to lie. I say, Mom, how are you, Mom? I've just been wanting to hear your voice. I haven't talked to you in forever. Also, are you free on Friday night to watch the kids? Like, we really need a date night. So I know what this is like. Well, in some ways, we come to Luke 16, and it might feel like this this morning. In Luke 15, Jesus has just talked about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the prodigal son. Jesus has just put on beautiful display, the the pursuing, the rescuing, the, the lavish love of the Father for us. How he lavishes grace upon us. How he rejoices over sinners like you and like me. And then Jesus, the very next verse, turns to his disciples and begins teaching them about money, about unrighteous wealth. And you're thinking, oh, great. Here goes Jesus asking for money. Here's a sermon at church about Jesus and money that we hear about money in church that that doesn't usually get us excited. Yeah, did you know that Jesus talks about money more than anything else in the Bible. Did you know that over a third of the parables have to do with money, have to do with possessions and stewardship? No one talks about money and wealth and stewardship and possessions more than Jesus and no gospel more than the gospel of Luke. See, there's no greater indicator of a disciple's heart than what he or she does with her money. What you do with money. I think that's why Jesus in verse 13 says you can't serve God and sports. No, he doesn't say that. He says God and money because he knows what's most after our hearts. So this morning I want us to hear Jesus' words, not like he's buttering us up, Not like he's leaving the love and the joy and the generosity of the Father behind. But I want you to hear Jesus like he's graciously inviting us into the joy of generosity. Into the joy of being faithful with all that God has given us. All because of what he's given to us in Jesus. Listen, the Lord is inviting every single one of us to be generous because of God's generosity to us in Jesus. The Lord's inviting us to be faithful because of God's steadfast love and faithfulness to us in Jesus. The Lord's inviting us to worship because of all that he has given to us in Jesus. So so my prayer today, Lord, make us generous, make us Faithful, make us worshipful with all that you have given us for your glory and our joy. 
So the first thing we see is that we should be generous with what you have. Be generous with all that you have. Jesus begins this story with a kind of a peculiar story in the Gospels, a story about a shrewd or dishonest manager. It's actually a story that has given commentators fits throughout the century. It's like most of the commentaries I read, they were like, oh, we just really don't know what to do with this story from Jesus. Like many people don't know what to say about this story. See, Jesus says there's this rich man, and he goes out and he finds his manager who has been squandering all his possessions, all his wealth. And he says, clearly, I have to let this man go. So the manager is panicking, just like any of us would if our boss came in tomorrow morning and said, hey, we don't need you anymore. Hey, you've been kind of worthless at work. We're going to be panicking. We're going to be scrambling. He says, I don't have the strength to work. I'm too proud to beg. So, so what does he do? He starts scheming for his future. He starts scrambling. I'm going to visit each one of my master's debtors one by one. He goes to one man and he says, hey, how much do you owe my master? He says, a hundred measures of oil, which is a thousand Denarius. This is a denarius was one day's wage. So you're talking about three years Salary that he owed the master. And he says, hey, cut it in half. Another man he goes to, he owns, owes a hundred measures of wheat, which cost about 3,000 denarii, 3,000 days of working, about seven to 10 years of work. And he says, just take off 20%. He does all this in a shrewd way to, to plan for his life post-firing, to set himself up for the future. Now, the troubling part when we read this story is that Jesus says that the, the master commends the dishonest manager for being shrewd. And there's a lot of different thoughts of why this is. One is, one person, some commentators think that it's because he was cutting out his own commissions. So he was reducing the debt, but just losing money for himself. Others think it's because he was taking his master's work back in line with the righteous requirements of the law. He was not in step with the law of the Old Testament. But most people think that the master is simply commending him for being cunning for being sly, for scheming, for being crafty. Now, what does that mean for us as disciples? Well, Jesus isn't commending today that you be dis dishonest. He's not saying, hey, if you need to defraud some people to get ahead, do what you got to do. He, Jesus doesn't say, don't leave here saying, you know what? Jesus is saying, do whatever it takes to get ahead. Now, Jesus makes the point very clear in verse 8 through 9. He says, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwelling. Here's what Jesus is saying to us 
his people today. Jesus says the people of this world know how to be shrewd, know how to scheme for their personal gain, for their selfish gain. They know how to scheme, how to plan, how to set themselves up for the future. Why is it not that way with the children of light? Why is it not that way for the people of God, the sons of light, the children of God should be more shrewd in planning for eternity. There should be so much gospel scheming at Christ's fellowship for paying it forward to the, for eternity. There should be some planning and some scheming in our lives for, for how can we get the gospel to go forth? How can we bless? How can we get more joy in heaven? Listen to what Martin Luther says. He says, Christ concludes correctly that the children of the world are much more industrious and shrewd with what they have than are his children. The fact is that the devil often gets a hundred services performed by his followers while Christ hardly gets one. I think he's spot on, right? The, the devil often gets a hundred services performed by his followers while Christ hardly gets one. This shouldn't be. Heaven forbid that that's the case with God's people. We should be greedy for the glory of God. We should be scheming for the gospel to go forth to the ends of the earth. We should be as persistent, even more purposeful, about spending, taking our spending for Christ. As purposeful about our giving for Christ as the world is about gaining for itself. We who know the generosity of a heavenly Father who gave us heaven's favorite in giving us His one and only Son, we should be generous we should be generous for him. Doesn't that sound like Jesus in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount? It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Scheme for eternity. Take the gospel through all that you give to the ends of the earth. I got the joyful opportunity the other day to go to a lunch where Doug Cobb was the speaker. Doug Cobb is a wealthy entrepreneur in Louisville. He's an elder of a church in Louisville. He's three times entrepreneur of the year in Kentucky, which I think sounds like a big deal. Three times he's been the greatest entrepreneur that year in Kentucky. He's sold, he's created businesses, sold multiple businesses for multiple millions of dollars. But Doug Cobb is a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus who started the finishing fund. The finishing fund. Fund. You might ask, what is the finishing fund? Well, it's a venture capital fund 
raising money to finish the Great Commission. Every cent going into this fund is to get the gospel to the ends of the earth, to the most unengaged, unreached people groups. And Doug Cobb said one of the things that most impacted his life was a book by Randy Alcorn called Money, Possessions, and Eternity. I don't know if anybody's ever read that book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity by Randy Alcorn. Well, in this book, Randy Alcorn says this. He says, imagine that your eternity is a line that goes on forever. Right? You picturing that with me? If you're picturing that with me, shake your head like this. Okay. So, it's a line going on as far as the eye can see for all eternity. That is your eternity. And then he says this. Imagine that your life now, that's your eternity, is the line. Your life is just a dot on that line. Just a speck that you can barely see. And he says, Randy Alcorn asked this piercing question. Are you living for the dot or are you living for the line? That's a great question. Are you living for the dot, for the speck that's here today, gone tomorrow? Or are you living for the line? Are you living for eternity? That's what Jesus is wanting us to ask our hearts today. Like, why does the world, why does the world scheme for personal gain while the church is apathetic about eternal gain? Why is the world so greedy for their comfort and for their stuff, their possessions, their cars, their iPhones? Should we not be more greedy than them for the gospel? For the good news going forth. So ask yourself this morning, how can I be gospel scheming? How, how can I be planning for eternity, giving for the glory of God? What if you... Today, we're to give to the finishing fund. Seems like a good purpose. What if you were to plan in, in December, the month of December, we take up money to, to give to Lottie Moon Offering. Money that every cent goes overseas to support people like this precious family from our church that's in Central Asia. What if, what if you were to give, plan to give even more in December for Lottie Moon? What if you reordered your spending habits so that you could play a bigger part of the, the Salmons family going to the Netherlands? Spending less on you and not spending and spending more for the glory of God, the gospel, to go forth to Turks who are living in the Netherlands. What if you gave generously to, to pay off the building here? I say that because at the end of the year, we're looking at about $25,000 left to pay off this building. 30-year loan and might be paid off in five, about five or about seven years since we took out the loan. But what if you were to give more so that that $30,000 from the budget went more to the nations? More to getting the gospel to our city. Let's hold everything we have loosely everything we have loosely, and not just money, but our time and our very lives 
simply because we're holding fast to Christ Jesus as our greatest treasure. So first thing, be generous with all that you have. Second, be faithful with all that you have. Jesus says next that that money is a great indicator of your character, of your faithfulness. Whether it's a little money that you have or a lot of money, it's a great indicator of your character. Money's a great tool to reveal your heart, to show what you truly love, what you treasure above all. How do you spend your money? How do you save your money? Maybe it's probably better to say, how do you spend his money? How do you save his money? How do you give graciously and generously his money? Is giving your first priority in everything, or is it an afterthought after you've spent for yourself? Listen to verse 10. Jesus says, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And who is dishonest in very little is also in dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, which he's not saying money is evil, but he's saying it can be used evilly, in an evil way. You think about Paul in Colossians, he says, for the days are evil. Does that mean days are an evil thing? No, it's, they're used for worldly purposes. Same thing with wealth, our money, our possessions in this world. He says, if then you who have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? The Lord Jesus is teaching us that every dollar is a test of character. If you can't be trusted with a little, why would someone, why would God give you more? This is, I'm just talking from the Bible. If you can't oversee someone else's stuff, steward it well for the glory of God, why would you be given more of your own? So ask yourself this morning, are you faithful with all that God's given you? Are you trustworthy? Can the Lord entrust more to you because he knows what you'll do with it? Have you shown the Lord that he can give you more? This this is a great question for the kids in here this morning, right? Can can your parents, have you shown your parents that you're trustworthy with little? And if you show them you're trustworthy with little, they'll probably entrust more responsibilities to you. Or or your boss, right? If, If you show your employer, your boss, that you deserve more responsibility, I'm sure that he'll give it to you. Well, even the Lord everything that he's given to us. We're stewards of all of it. Like, like there's nothing that you have that you can say, it's mine. Like your heart shouldn't say mine about anything, but, but you're just a steward. You're not an owner of it all. You're a steward of it. So how are you showing the Lord that, Lord, I'm faithful with what you've given me? Lord, I'm worthy of more because of how I'll use it for your glory. I'm a huge Christian rap fan. Maybe you didn't know that about me, but I got some peeps out there. I see you, Dylan. I see you out there. (laughs) Huge Christian rap fan. One of my favorite Christian 
rappers is a guy named Christopher Hovey. He goes by the name Hovey. And I was watching a short documentary about his life the other day. And when Hovey years ago moved to Atlanta, he was hustling to get a record deal. He was doing everything, writing music, doing everything he could to get a record deal. But while he was waiting, he worked at Publix. Not a glamorous job, right? He said every day was filled with stocking shelves, bagging groceries, pushing carts, cleaning toilets. Not the most glamorous job at all, but, but here he said the Holy Spirit struck him one day with this question. What if this is what the Lord wanted you to do? Would you be okay with it? Like if you never had a record deal, if you never got signed, what, what if this was what the Lord wanted you to do? Would you be okay with it? What if this was God's best for your life? Would you be faithful in it? And so I ask you this morning, what, what if this is what the Lord has for you? Like whatever you're doing right now, wherever you find yourself in life right now, whatever you're doing, no matter how much money you are making right now, what if this is what he has for you? What if he's not wanting you to wait for a better job or a better salary for you to be generous? What if he's not wanting you to postpone faithfulness for a time when it's easier? When a time when there's a little more wiggle room? What if he's not wanting you to pause prioritizing the Great Commission for a later date? There's never a more important moment for the Great Commission than right now. That's in our giving. That's in our sharing. That's in what our, whatever we're doing. There's never more important time for the Great Commission than right now. And what? What if, church? What if the church, what if the Lord's not just after his glory, but he's after your joy in it? What if he doesn't want you to miss out in all that you can do, being faithful unto his name for the glory of God? What if he's wanting you, actually inviting you to play a part in the gospel going forth to, to our city, this gospel work that's going to the ends of the earth? And I love what Joel encouraged us with earlier, that, that some of the greatest saints in heaven are going to be those who are fasting and weeping and praying and pleading for those who will never heard the gospel. But it's also going to be for those who are going to give sacrificially and, and generously for the gospel to go forth. I mean, imagine with me the joy in heaven from, from the stories of people who heard the gospel because you gave. But because you prayed. Imagine sitting around with, with names of people from the Zaza people in Turkey, from the Ja people in Morocco, from the Malay in Malaysia, who you've never met, who you've never sat face to face and had coffee with and talked about Jesus with. But because you gave, they're going to say in heaven and in glory, thank you for giving. 
Thank you for, for sacrificing for the glory. We're not going to be in heaven saying, you know what? What about the iPhone 14 Pro that I had in my pocket? But we're going to celebrate those who are rejoicing and are singing and glorifying Christ with us. So how are you being faithful with all that God has given you? And maybe it's just this simple prayer. This simple prayer that you can pray this week. Lord, how do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? Where do you want me to give? To whom do you want me to give? Let's be faithful with the little we have that it might bring God much glory and us much joy. And let's commit as a church that the more we get is not more we get for us, but it's more we get for the glory of God and for the joy of the peoples all over the earth. Finally, be worshipful with what you have. At the end of the day, this comes down to who are you worshiping? We have to ask ourselves, who has our heart? Because Jesus says clearly, if money has your heart, if you, if you cling to money as your treasure, as what you're devoted to, as what you're living for, then you're going to hold Jesus pretty loosely. You're going to be fine with, with losing and not thinking about Jesus. But if Jesus has your heart, if you cling to Jesus as your treasure, you're going to hold money loosely. Listen to Jesus in verse 13. He says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one. Strong language there. He will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Listen, Jesus says, You cannot serve God and money. It's an impossibility. You can't be devoted to to both. Either money is Lord or Jesus is Lord. Can't be both. Either money is Lord, it's an impossibility, or Christ is Lord. It, if you pursue the world, if you pursue money, you will not pursue Jesus. Friend, I'm not saying you can't make money. Don't leave here saying you can't make money. What I'm saying is you can't love money. You can't be devoted to money. You can't worship it. You can't have all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You should work wholeheartedly. You should strive to advance quickly. You should invest wisely all so you can give away more generously. You know, when people go to church gathering, what do they, one of the things they often say is, you know what, I love the worship when I go to church. You ever heard anybody say that? I love the worship. And what do they say, what do they mean when they say, I love the worship? They're talking about the singing, right? I love the music. I love the singing. I love it, you know? Back in the day, Rebecca, when she was in uh, a young lad, this, she was a young lad, so you can forgive her for this. She used to like going to hear the singing and then going to get pizza rolls at Minute Mark before the sermon came. She loved the singing. This is when she was a young lad, so you can forgive her for that. <laughs> but really, everything, listen, everything that we do, 
Everything we do in this room is worship. Every single thing we do, we sing, yes, as worship. We listen to God's word as worship. We pray as worship. We take the supper as worship. We talk to each other in the foyer as worship, being filled with the glory of God. And listen, we give as worship. We give as worship. We'll take up an offering later, and it's a joyful response to all that's been given to us already in Jesus. The Lord wants us to give on Sundays, but he wants us to give generously all week long as an act of worship. The Lord is inviting you to give and to give generously as a response to his grace. He's inviting you to give generously because he's giving gener- given generously to you. Listen, you will never outgive God as long as you live. We sang it earlier, right? What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. God has been ridiculously generous in giving us his one and only son. And you will never outgive the gift of heaven's favorite coming down to earth and living a perfect life for you and dying a sinner's death in your place and rising again to conquer sin and death, but yes, to give you the joy of living for him. So let me ask you, in light of all that we have given to us for the worship and the glory of God, what have you given away recently Because you love Jesus more than money. Like how have you sacrificed because you're more devoted to him than you're devoted to your stuff? Martin Luther, again in a sermon speaking, this is in 1533. It's a couple years ago. And it's funny how things have not changed much, right? He says this. Whoever wants to be a Christian, whoever wants to be a Christian must not constantly open his hand to take, but close it so tightly when it's time to give that not even a penny falls through. It's in 1533. It's been so convicting this week as I've listened to, read God's word this week, listened to the voice of Jesus that A choice to follow Jesus is a choice to be generous with money. It's as simple as that. An invitation to be his disciple is an invitation to experience the joy of giving. Because the gospel is just that. It's it's a gospel all about the joy of giving. Right? What is John 3.16 Say, for God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. God so loved the world. God so loved you as a sinner. God so loved you as a wayward sheep, as a lost son, a lost coin. He so loved you that he gave. And he gave you his one and only son. Whoever would believe in him today will not perish, but have ever lasting life. Listen, the Father doesn't give out of guilt. He doesn't give out of compulsion. 
He doesn't give because he has to. He doesn't give because he wants to get something from you. He gives out of joy. He gives out of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so what does that mean for us as believers, for us who have Jesus? If we're in Christ today, we don't give out of guilt. We don't give out of compulsion because we have to. We don't give because we might get something from God. No, we give out of joy because of all that's been given to us in Jesus. We give out of love because he first loved us. It's the invitation this morning. Not just to flee your sins and run to Jesus, but in Jesus to find joy in giving. Giving everything, your life, your time, your money. Everything is his. It belongs to him. That's what it means to be a disciple. You don't own yourself anymore. You don't even look at your life and say, mine. You say, it's all for the glory of God. You know, all this talk about generosity and faithfulness and worshiping God over money. If you go one more verse, what do we find the Pharisees doing? It's really getting under the Pharisees' skin. Listen to this. It says, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Luke calls them, they were lovers of money. And listen, God knows your heart is what it says. God knows your heart. The literal, God sees through you. You know who that's frightening for? Lovers of money. That God might see your heart today. But listen. The good news of the gospel is that we get to hear this this morning, not as condemnation, but as an invitation. We get to hear this today, this this as a glorious and gracious invitation, not as condemnation. Because you know what Romans 8, 1 says? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you know what that means? I love how one of my friends, Jordan Thomas, says this. He says this. Even if God wanted to condemn you, he couldn't. Because Jesus already took it for you. Isn't that good news? Even if God wanted to condemn you, he could not today because he already poured it out on Jesus. Your condemnation, your judgment that you deserve, Jesus took it for you. And so this morning, don't hear the voice of Jesus buttering you up to talk about money, leaving the love and the joy and the grace of the Father behind. No, hear it as a gracious invitation. Hear it from a gracious invitation from his lavish grace that You're invited to be generous because of all the ways he's been generous to you in Jesus. You're invited to be faithful because of his steadfast love and faithfulness in Jesus. You're invited to worship, no no longer yourselves, living for yourself, but to worship and give glory to God. So 
Let's be a church full of gospel scheming. A church faithful that all, with all that God has given us. And let's give in a way that brings glory to God and fills us with much joy. Let's pray together. Father, we, we ask that, Lord, you would help us. Lord, that you would free us today from selfishness, from being like the world and how we scheme for our own personal gain, for our own personal comfort, for, for getting more stuff for ourselves. But Lord, I, I pray that you would set us free to hold everything loosely because of the treasure that you've given us in Jesus Christ. Lord, make us a generous people because of how ridiculously generous you've been to us. Even while we were still sinners, you gave us heaven's favor. You gave us your one and only son. Lord, help us be faithful with all we have. Help us not cling to anything, saying that it's ours, that it's mine. But Lord, let us hold it loosely. Being faithful today, now, with all that you have given us for the glory of your name, for, for the good of the nations, the joy of the nations, and for our joy. And Lord, let us do it with a heart of worship. With a heart of worship because stuff, because money, because the unrighteous wealth of this world doesn't have our hearts, but you have our hearts. Because you have saved us. Lord, you pursued us while we were selfish sinners. You rescued us out of selfishness that we might love you above all and you lavished your love and grace upon us Lord so that we might know the joy of giving the joy of being faithful the joy of worshiping you with all our hearts minds body and strength with our time with our gifts with our money with our very lives so Lord would you help us today? Would you rescue sinners from selfish pursuits that they would see that Christ is the greatest treasure, the one who lived, died, and rose again for them? And Lord, would you free up your church, Lord, to be generous and faithful and worshipful with all that you have given us, for it is all yours for your glory and our joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.